important to understand that forgiveness, and this was something that for me was like, wow, like super uh, eye-opening to understand is that forgiveness is really one way. You know, it's a one-way street. It's my personal decision. It's my choice to forgive a person who has offended me, um, whether they apologize or not, you know, whether they even acknowledge that what they did was wrong. You know, I've walked with people who've had to forgive people who are no longer with us that have already passed away. Mm -hmm. And it is possible. It is possible to experience the freedom that forgiveness brings, um, even if that person is no longer here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest. This woman brights up any room she walks into. She is a leader of leaders and one of my greatest encouragers. She and her husband, Virgilio Sierra, are the lead pastors of Vertical Church in South Florida. To know her is to love her. Everyone, it brings me great joy to bring on Ghislaine Sierra. Wow, thank you so much. You're like making me blush here with that. (laughs) Girl, you're looking good, blushing. (laughs) So good to be here, Megan. Thank you so much for the invitation and this opportunity. Well, thank you for carving out time in your busy, busy schedule um, to be on today. I am so excited for this conversation. Awesome. I am too. So I, um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about all things forgiveness. And I couldn't think of anyone better than just Lane over here to talk about this topic. Now, before we get started with a couple of questions, um, just Lane, would it be okay if you could share just a little bit of your story about your upbringing with listeners? Sure. Um, okay. Where do I start? Let's see. Well, um, I was born and raised in South Florida. Uh, I've only lived here, um, but I am first generation born in the States. My uh, family is from Colombia, South America, from Bogota. And um, yeah, so I grew up in South Florida. Um, my family was not a Christian family. We did not go. I didn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't raised going to church. It wasn't a normal thing at all. I think once in a while, if somebody invited us, you know, it was like a very rare occasion uh, for me to go to church. Um, And so, yeah, so I grew up in South Florida. I have two siblings. um, And I think I can say that growing up, I had overall, you know, um, you know, I had loving parents and a a great family uh, in, in a way, but I can say that at a very young age, I realized how unstable like my parents, my parents' marriage was. Mm. And so Um, you know, I I don't think, you know, they did that intentionally, but I was very aware of their struggles at a very young age. And so that caused me, I think, to um, just have like a, like a sense of like a pressure to think that it was kind of my responsibility to have everything together because if maybe if I had everything together, if I was like the perfect student and, you know, the, you know, well-behaved and did everything right, then everything would be okay. Right. So I kind of grew up with that pressure Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind. And, um, yeah, so as I, you know, grew up, went to school here and everything, um, basically around when I was around 15 years old was when my parents finally decided they were going to get a divorce, even though that was a very common word, um, in my home. Mm -hmm. And, um, so even though I grew up kind of knowing that was going to happen, or at least fearing it was going to happen, um, when it did finally happen, it felt like my world like collapsed. You know, it was like a very, very painful um, moment in my life. I just kind of felt like maybe because I thought that it, that I had been striving to help make the family 
together, like unite everyone. Right. And so when that happened, it was just kind of like my world had crumbled and it happened to be that, um, at that time, around that season, we uh, went to like a, a family party or something, and we ran into some old friends that uh, had officially opened a church that they they were friends with my parents from before, and um, so they invited us to go. I honestly didn't had no interest in going to church. Uh, it was just kind of you know not not uh, in that place. But I can say that when I did go to church, I finally did go. Um, I didn't really have an option. Um, I can say that when you know the pastor was teaching and just hearing the music, the worship, it just awoke in my in my heart I would say now my spirit right uh something that I realized that I was missing Mm -hmm. and um in that moment is when I really just decided to surrender my life to Jesus and um to live for him I kind of felt like I had lived life kind of doing everything on my own strength and I was kind of like I surrender like that's it like I've tried hard I'm just gonna do my best you know I'm just gonna give you my life and so that was where that was where my faith journey began wow and so I thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's so cool and, and how everybody has different journeys. And I feel like many times um, pastors kind of grow up being a PK, a, a pastor's kid and, and step into that role. And, and your story was a bit different. You know, you um, didn't necessarily grow up as a PK, but it, a lot um, different journey and path, but how that one um church service, you said that you just felt something in your spirit that you had um, been striving for that. You're like, no, like I just, I need to let go and kind of let God into this um, scenario in my life. And to see what he's done is like insane. (laughs) Yeah. Literally only God. Um, I can say that one of the things that I felt in that, or in that season, in that moment in my life was kind of like I had, I had thought or had mistakenly believed that it was up to me that I had to have control of everything. And if I had control, Mm. then everything would be okay. And then I realized that even if I did try to do all these things, it was just kind of completely out of my hands. There were so many things in life that were out of my hands. So there was this sense of peace that came over me when I was like, you know what, I'm not going to try to control anything. If I I have no control, so I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus who has control. Like he created everything. Like I'm just going to give him my life. And, and so really that was, that was where my faith journey began. I think another big part of me, um, connecting in my, you know, in my church at that time was because I think my family was so broken. I found in my church, like a spiritual family that, that really welcomed me so warmly and just loved me, uh, no matter what my past was, because, you know, I kind of came into church thinking every Everybody here is perfect. No one would ever know what I've walked through or the things that I've done or my family's gone through. Like, I was like, no one would ever understand that. Right. So no one, no one, (laughs) yeah, no one. And then obviously very quickly, I, I learned that, you know, church is definitely not a place where people are perfect. There is no perfect people. Um, but I was able to receive just grace and love and just uh, a family, really a family. So this, you know, the church that I got saved in where I gave my life to Christ is a church that I'm actually I have the honor of pastoring now. So it's kind of, wow. you know, I've been here my, my whole life. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that just Lane. Yes. And, um, for those of you that don't know, or if you haven't figured it out, uh, just Lane, yes, is my pastor. So much love, much love. And I wanted to ask you, this is a question that I've thought of my, um, this question has come up in my own mind. And I know a lot of other people have thought this and do think this. Um, why is it so hard to forgive others mm-hmm. and why should we forgive people who have done us wrong? 
Wow, that's such a great question. Um, I think it's because we have the wrong ideas of what forgiveness is. I think many times we think that if we forgive someone, it means that we have to forget about what happened. You know, it's like, if, you know, to forgive that person means I have to forget what happened and I can't forget what happened, you know? And I think, you know, there's a saying, right? Like forgive and forget. And I don't think that's true. You know, I don't, that's not, um, I don't think that's, possible. I mean, I think we, you know, we have a memory, you know, it's not going to be something that we just sweep under the rug. And actually, I think that that's like uh, a, a deception because I think that many people believe that you forgive and forget. And so they think that because they're forgetting the situation they're, or they're just going to sweep it under the rug and not think about it anymore, that that means that they have forgiven. And that's not the case at all. Right. So I think that's one of the wrong ideas. Um, I also think that sometimes people think that if I forgive that person or, you know, whoever hurt me or did me wrong, it means that I have to, it's that I'm minimizing what they did. Like I'm making, mm-hmm. I'm minimizing that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like I'm saying, like, oh, it wasn't as big of a deal as it really was. And, you know, in in this, you know, in this role that I have, I guess, as pastor and the opportunity I've had throughout the years um, to walk with people through these journeys, I realized that there is so much pain. Like people have gone through such hard situations that I honestly can't even say that I can understand because I've never walked in their shoes. But things that I can say, wow, I, I can't even imagine what that process of forgiveness is like. But one thing I've learned is that forgiveness is not saying that what that person did um, was okay. You know, I don't think it ever will be okay. You know, things like abuse things. I mean, there's so many traumas and categories of things that we can, you know, we can talk about, but there is so much pain and to forgive someone sometimes thinks it's like, I'm going to, if I forgive them, what I'm saying is what I would be saying is that what they did is okay. And that's not what forgiveness is. So I think it's important to understand that. And then I think one of the big things that I've realized as well as I've had the opportunity to, to talk with, with others um, on their journeys is that many times people think that if they forgive someone who has really hurt them, it means that they have to reconcile with them. It means that they have to, again, restore this relationship or continue Mm -hmm. in a relationship, whether a friendship or, you know, whatever, you know, a marriage or whatever, just any type of relationship. They think that forgiveness is, continuing or, or, or continuing that, that relationship or that reconciliation. And so it's not, you know, I think that uh, it's important to understand that forgiveness. And this was something that for me was like, wow, like super uh, eye-opening to understand is that forgiveness is really one way, you know, it's a one-way street. It's my personal decision. It's my choice to forgive a person who has offended me, um, whether they apologize or not, you know, whether they even acknowledge that what they did was wrong you know, I've walked with people who've had to forgive people who are no longer with us that have already passed away. Mm-hmm. And it is possible. It is possible to experience the freedom that forgiveness brings, um, even if that person is no longer here. And so I think that's so powerful because um, I think this this idea that forgiving means I have to restart a relationship or reconcile um, it, it, like if it's one and the same and it's not, you know, forgiveness is really a one way you know, it's a one-way street, one way. You don't need the other person to to do anything, honestly, but reconciliation, that's a whole other story. That is, yeah. that is two way, you know, that's two way. And yeah. that requires, um, you know, you to really see in the other person, are they really repentant? Like, do they even recognize yeah. what was wrong? You know, um, are they trying to fix what they did? You know, I'm just going to give a simple example, but if somebody stole money from you, right, they stole a thousand dollars, you know, let's say they repent. They say, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I should never have stole your money. 
okay, that's great. That's step one. Step two would be, Hey, let me, let me pay you back. Here's yeah. the money that I feel <laughs> yeah. about the restitution, right? Yeah. That's important. But then you have to rebuild that trust, right? Yeah. That That's not going to happen. If somebody, you know, steals money from you, you're not going to like, you know, give them, you know, leave them in your house to like, you know, be by themselves. Yeah. For, Watch right? your bank account while you're on vacation. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like that's not the person because you have to, that, that trust has been broken. Yeah. And so I don't know if you've heard this said, but it's like, they say that trust is, um, is gained in drops. I think. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's gained in drops, but it's it's lost in buckets. Yeah. Uh huh. Like yeah. I think John C. Maxwell. I think I heard him say that once. I'm I'm, not I'm, sure. I don't know who's. I'm sure I'm butchering it a little bit, but you get the idea, right? You yeah, get yeah. the piece of it. So yeah. So I think that for there to be a reconciliation, there needs to be those three things. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you don't see those three things um, in the other person. You don't see that they're really repentant or sincerely sorry for you know the hurt that they've caused. You don't see that they want to try to bring any type of restitution in the relationship. You don't see them trying to rebuild the trust. And so in those cases, I would say, Hey, you know, maybe reconciliation, um, isn't maybe that's not the step right now, but forgiveness for sure is, is always important in order for us to experience, you know, healing and freedom. A hundred percent. I love the points that you made. Um, and you said that forgiveness is a one-way stream. I feel like in my own life until I fully understood and I and I took freedom, um, I had not understood that forgiveness begins with me and I cannot wait, nor do I have to wait for another person to either receive it or want to even agree with it because sometimes the other person may never want to forgive or may never want to accept it, but that doesn't stop us from taking the action to set ourselves free and for either asking for forgiveness or for forgiving someone. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love another point that you said also on reconciliation. I feel like so many times people are hesitant to forgive someone because they're like, well, if I forgive then that means that they have to, they're going to come back in my life. If I forgive then that means that our relationship is going to be back to how it was. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like you have to consider the circumstances. Like, was it an abusive relationship or, or not physical, but maybe it was emotionally and mentally abusive, right? right. Um, maybe there was hurt where it's like, you can forgive so you have freedom, but that's not the green light for them to come back into your life. And I think it's so important also with forgiveness, there's also boundaries and exactly mm-hmm. like you said, the point of, is there apology or is our apology, you know, vice versa, whoever it is, is it sincere? Is it real? Because sometimes people can say their words, but if they don't mean it in their heart, it's just words coming out of someone's right. mouth with no behavior meaning. will continue to be the same. And then you're going to continue in that cycle, like of an unhealthy right relationship. So it's important to consider those things. If you do want to reconcile, because many times there is reconciliation and it's a beautiful thing. You know, I think our God is a God of reconciliation, but I think we also need to be wise and understand that not every relationship needs to be reconciled, right? If, if, if those steps, if that, you know, if those steps haven't been taken, it's not necessarily the wisest thing to reconcile. However, we can still choose to forgive the things that that person may have done to hurt us. Exactly. Spot on, spot on. I want to ask you this question because I've heard it so many times from people and I myself have asked myself this question. Um, I have a better understanding of it now. But the question, and it was the the second, it was like a two-part question. The second one was, why should we forgive people who have done us wrong? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, I, I guess I would say two things. First, you know, at, you know, I, we obviously started kind of sharing my story. You know, as I, I, when I became a Christian, the first thing that I recognized is how much in need of a savior that I was. You know, how much forgiveness I needed, and so I think that as Christians, we really are like the biggest receivers of forgiveness. You know, like we we receive so much forgiveness from God that it's like, how would it look like for me to receive all this forgiveness and then not extend it? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is, you know, there's different parables that are in the Bible. There's one that stands out to me where, um, Jesus gives this story of this, um, man who owed this King or this person, like so much money. I think they say it was like, you know, if you were to compare it in today's you know, currency, it would have been like millions and millions, maybe $30 million, let's just say, or $50 million. Right. And he pleads and begs, you know, for forgiveness. And he says, he's going to, you know, pay him back. And it's something that was so impossible for him to ever pay. And then the King says to him, you know what, I'm just going to forgive your debt. Like, I'm not even going to have you pay me back. Like your debt is forgiven. And so you can imagine the joy on this, you know, in this man's heart, in his face, right? He, he has just been forgiven this debt. He would have never been able to pay back. And it says that as he is walking home, you know, he runs into a man that owed him money. And the comparison is that he, the guy that owed him money was like, let's say he owed him about $10,000. Now, Hey, if somebody owed me $10,000, I would obviously... <laughs> It's not, it's not like five bucks, right? Yeah, like, it's not $10, it's 10,000, a couple more right. zeros. 10, <laughs> exactly. A couple more zeros. However, but if you compare it to the millions that he just got forgiven, like you would think that this man would say, Hey, I'm going to forgive you just like I was forgiven, but he does that. He does the opposite. He actually, like, it says he holds this guy by the throat and says, you better give me my money. And like, you know, just really says like, you owe me this money. I'm going to kill you. I mean, just this whole thing, right. This is this whole story. And the, the story goes on that um, the King hears about how he responded to this man and how he did not extend the same forgiveness that he received. And so how he ended up, you know, um, being taken to prison, you know, the whole story. So I think that the, the lesson here is, you know, as a Christian, like I understand that anything that I have, like anything that I have is because of God's grace. And he has forgiven me of everything. The Bible says that he washes away all of our sins. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he, that was enough for us, for him to forgive all of our sins, all of humanity. Right. But we have to also recognize, Hey, that we're sinners and we need to ask him for forgiveness, right. And to accept that forgiveness. And so that is something that we could never pay. Right. And so when I remember that, it just causes my heart to offer forgiveness to the people who hurt me. Right. To the people, to the people that have offended me. And so I think that's honestly the first thing for me um, that is just remembering that how much I've been forgiven and that God continues to do right in me. And, and I will say, you know, cause I know you mentioned, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, obviously my husband's a pastor and sometimes people think, Oh, you guys are pastors. Like perfect. You guys got this down. Like, let me just be very honest with you. Like there are moments where we are having an argument and I'm so upset at my husband. Like, I'm just like, like, I am not going to forgive him. Like he has, <laughs> like, he has not, like, I want him to like, even if he did apologize, he didn't apologize the way I wanted him to. <laughs> Right. Like I, I want him to understand, like I need him to feel the pain of his decision or his words. Right. And so I promise you, like, it's, it's real. Right. So I like, I don't want to forgive him. Like, I just don't feel like it. I feel like I don't, you know, he doesn't deserve it or I'm not, in, you know, cause the thing is if we're led by emotions, mm. it's never going to happen. You know, it's Come on. never going to happen. And sometimes we think that, you know, when I feel like forgiving, that's when I'll forgive. But let me tell you, Megan, 
have you ever, well, let me ask you, have you ever woken up one day and said, today is the day that I want to forgive. I feel like forgiving, like anybody offend me, like come and offend me. I want to forgive. Come and offend me. Right? Never. <laughs> no, not it's happen. not a feeling for sure. It's, it's not, not a feeling. And so I think we need to understand that forgiveness is, is really a decision. It's really a decision. Good. And I think yeah. obedience as well, you know, as a believer, I'm choosing to obey what God is asking me to do because I've received it from him. How can I then not offer it? Mm-hmm. you know, offer forgiveness. And so, yeah, just giving you that little reality example of my life. Um, you know, again, I have to like, you know, remember then in those moments and the Holy spirit will whisper to me like, Oh, are you, are you going to forgive him? Like I forgiven you, or are you going to, you know, how is, how quickly do I forgive you when you ask me for forgiveness? And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, you're right. You know, yeah. And so, you know, I have to walk through the steps, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. I want to, I want to say that it's important to know, like, it doesn't mean that forgiveness is easy. However, the more you practice it, the more you begin to see the fruit of it and the, and the freedom that it brings. And so I think that that would be the second reason why I would say forgiveness is so mm-hmm. important because we're the ones that are being held hostage, right? We're the ones that mm-hmm. are holding on to this unforgiveness. And, you know, it really creates in us, in our hearts, like this, like this bitterness, this yeah. anger, like that really can like have roots in our lives mm-hmm. and it begins to affect everything. Like yeah. when people have unforgiveness in their hearts. It may be because of, you know, a specific situation, but it's, if it's never resolved, if, the, if there's never healing in that, in that, because of that situation, it is going to literally, you're going to see that overflow into other areas of your life. Yeah. You're going to see that in other relationships. You're going to see that in your attitude and the way that you see your life, like literally it's almost like the lens that you wear. And, um, I think it's so important, um, to, even though it's painful and even though it's not easy, I think it's so worth it because we're the ones that are set free. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've heard that. I don't know if you've heard that uh, saying, but it's like, you know, when you, when you have unforgiveness, it's almost like you're drinking poison and you're expecting the other person to die. Right. Yeah. You're the one, you're the one being, um, you know, hurt. You're, you're yeah. the other person sometimes doesn't even know, you know, that, yeah. that you have this against them and they're walking around life, you know, fine. And you're sitting here with this stuff in your heart, this poison. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not allowing you to live in freedom. It's really, it really has you captive. And so those, those would be the reasons that I would say it's so important to forgive. Man, that was so good. There's like so many points you made. I was like, that was so good. Um, I love the, I, I couldn't stop laughing when you said, you know, um, and Pastor Virgil always say is like, people think like, cause we're pastors, we just have angels and we fly around. Like, no, we <laughs> yeah. are human beings that have emotions and struggles and 100%. feelings. And, um, you know, nobody, no one wakes up or at least I have never met anyone that wakes up one morning. It's like, I'm going to forgive this person today. Like, no, usually it's like a process. It's a journey. There's a lot of self-awareness that comes into that play, um, that plays into that. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to forgive this person. And I'm also ready to forgive myself. Um, and I feel like also a lot of times forgiveness is like, sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. Yeah. And so, I know we've had conversations where, uh, you know, pandemic time or we'd be talking and you're like, Megs, I, I think like you, you need to forgive yourself. Like I I hear your words, I hear your language, but it seems like you, you are the one that's beating yourself up, you know? And I was like, wow. And it was a journey in learning how to forgive myself because in order for me to move forward and live in freedom 
it, it was easier for me to forgive others, but it was harder for me to forgive myself. Yeah, that's so good. You know, thank you so much for sharing that because I think that many people have that struggle that it's a lot easier for them to extend grace or extend forgiveness to others. But when it comes to themselves, they're so hard on themselves. They don't want to forgive themselves for things that they think they could have done better decisions that they made, you know? And so, you know, I can say for myself, it's not, I'm very easy on myself. <laughs> I have <laughs> Let's switch roles for a day. I have grace on myself and I'm harder on others. And that's the truth, right? Um, But, you know, it's the truth that, you know, not everybody's the same. And I think that um, it is, it is so important for us to be able to forgive ourselves because if we, if we're holding on to these things against our, almost like, like if I would have done this better, you know, like we hold ourselves to this impossible standard, like that's, that's not freedom for sure, you know? And so I, I can say that as I, I just have been a witness to your life and to see what God has done and to see your journey is so encouraging to me. I mean, to me, honestly, that's, it's what it's all about is to be able to walk with others and, and see what God is doing in their lives and to see your obedience and also your perseverance. Like Megs, you are like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm not playing games. Like I'm going in all the way. And I'm telling you, you are a testimony to to, to what God has done in your life. So, so thankful for you. Well, thankful for you. I mean, thankful for, for the words of encouragement that you've always pushed me through with love and, and encouraged me in the right direction and anything you've ever said or have done, it's always been leading with love. And I've always felt that my family always feels that. And, you know, having that encouragement through those tough seasons, cause, um, early last year was a, was a rough season. You were there, um, but you never left and you were always there and you always uh, just provide words of encouragement and and making me understand and realize like right here, right now, isn't forever. You know, it's, it's a season and and you're going to grow a lot from this, but like you said, it's not easy. It's hard. It's painful, but the fruit of it is so worth it. And I love how you said the more that you forgive, the easier that, um, it begins to get because it becomes a part of who you are, you know, like then when a little small offense happens, we don't get so easily angered when then somebody, you know, can get so flustered over the smallest thing. Right. Right. I think that, um, one of the, like, if we're talking about freedom here, like, I think the people that are the freest, right. Are the people that are unoffendable. Like that to mm, me, like, come life on. Rules, right. Yep, like, yeah. <laughs> aren't going to be offended by anything. And it's like nothing you do, you know, it's like, I have, so I have three kids, you know, yeah. and uh, they're pretty close in age. And so as typical brothers and sisters, they have their little arguments and their little, you know, fights just like I did or whatever. And so it's so funny because <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it's funny, but in the moment it's annoying. <laughs> like <laughs> like the, let's say the older one will like, do something silly, like just like make a face, like literally it can be something that simple. He'll just be, make a silly face to his brother or his sister or, or say a word that's just annoying. And so I, you know, the other kids are like, mom, you know, Caleb's annoying me or whatever. And I'm like, just ignore him. Like, just be unoffendable. Like, don't like, if he knows that that bothers you, like he's going to continue doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just a silly example, but I think that, you know, we would be like, we would have so much more joy, you know, we would be yeah. so free if we would uh, really choose um, to live unoffended where we don't take things personally, you know, and and I don't think that's an easy thing, but I think in Christ we can. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, Could you share, so you spoke a little bit about how unforgiveness affects us and how it's like a poison to our soul. 
Um, could you share how forgiveness actually sets us free? And do you have any examples in your own life that you could share with us? Sure. Um, so I think, like I mentioned, like I mentioned before, I think that when we forgive someone, it's basically like they have a debt, like we they have a debt against us, like they've hurt us in some way. So we're holding something uh, from them. We're, we're withholding forgiveness from them. So it's almost like they owe us something. And so when we choose to forgive the person, it's almost releasing them of yeah. that debt, you know, kind of like that example, that parable that Jesus gave. So I think that when we forgive, it's like, we're releasing that person. So no longer do I feel that I am like responsible to hold this person, you know, to this, to this debt, right. They yeah. owe me this, or they have to do this. And so I think that that brings freedom. Yeah. And as far as my life, I mean, I guess there's many examples, but I think that, um, when, you know, just kind of going back to my story, you know, one of the, you know, the hard things that I went through is when my parents were divorcing, you know, there was a lot there. I'm not going to go into all the details, but just like, even just the mess of them themselves in their pain, they were saying things and doing things that was really hurtful to me. But, um, being able to walk through that process of forgiveness and in there, in the case with my parents, which I know isn't the case for everyone, but praise God it was, is that I was able to reconcile. Like I was able to have these conversations with them and, and really, you know, ex express to them, you know, where I was, you know, this was a journey. Right. And so for them to be able to, you know, ask for forgiveness and I was able to forgive them. And, and I think throughout life, I mean, there's been many situations where people have hurt me. They've let me down, um, you know, so many different things, people that have, that have betrayed me. I mean, just really things that are really hard. Um, and really painful, but again, it's just going back to remembering, like, I don't want to like, okay, so let me say this. I've heard it said as well, that when you have unforgiveness with someone, it's almost like you have this invisible cord connected you mm -hmm. to this person, right? Yeah. yeah. And so if it's a person that I do not, you know, I don't see reconciliation happening for, you know, all of the reasons I already mentioned, like, I don't want to be connected to this person any yeah. longer. Like, I don't yeah. want to have that connection. You know, I just want to go ahead and cut that. So I have to really choose mm -hmm. to forgive that person mm -hmm. so that, so that I can walk in freedom. I don't want to yeah. hold on to that. You know, I don't want to hold on to them. So, um, throughout my life, I think I've had, you know, many, many, ex um, examples of, 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 walking through forgiveness, but, um, I can say that, um, as I've done that, I've been able to see just, I've been able to see the freedom that brings, I don't know how, what other word to say, but just maybe yeah, yeah. the joy, the, the light heartedness yeah. that that brings. And it, you know, every situation is different, but I think that that really is one of the, the, the blessings, the benefits of, of choosing to forgive. Um, so that's what I would say. That's, I remember, uh, hearing that once as well. And I think it was, I, I saw a visual of it where it's like, when you don't forgive, it's like this invisible cord that you're connected with somebody. And it's like, if you don't see reconciliation at the end of the day, why are you connecting yourself to that person? Even if it's not right. physically, you're like spiritually connected to that person. Right. Yeah. And so I would even say emotionally sometimes. You yeah. A hundred percent. And those were questions that I had asked myself. It's like, what cords am I holding on to that I don't need to hold on to anymore? Right. And and cut those. And that is just such a powerful example. And I feel like a visual that we can all imagine. And maybe some people are listening right now and thinking, oh dang, there's some cords that, you know, I may not see this person, but emotionally I'm connected to this person. And if right. again, you know, you like whatever you see there, like if you see their name or like something pops up on social media or you like it brings certain feelings, then yeah. I would say that that's kind of a little uh like a little flag letting you know, hey, there may be something there that you need to, you know, kind of walk through and forgive and forgive because 
you don't want to have, like, I don't want that person to have any power over me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want any person to have that type of power where they can make me, you know, change my mood because mm. of, you know, seeing them or seeing that, you know, so I, I also want to mention that I think that when you're able to forgive, I'm able to remember because, you know, I, I said it before, sometimes people think that to forgive is to forget. And I think that when you're able to forgive, you're able to tell your story without any pain. You know, mm. I think that kind of shows us that, so good. Um, you know, that we've forgiven that I'm able to tell the story and I, and I have no shame in it. You know, like I'm able to talk about it mm. and obviously, you know, use wisdom. You're not going to like go into every single detail with every single person. Yeah. Discernment, discernment. Yeah. I think that, um, and when we do that, I think it helps others in their journey, you know, as well. So for me, uh, to even have the opportunity to be part of our freedom groups in our, in, in our church, um, or whenever I have the opportunity just to have a conversation and share with people, the story that I've been through, uh, or anything more recent, you know, cause I'm obviously sharing of when I was younger, but, um, I think it, 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 we're able to remember without going through the pain of it. And I think that's also, um, important. That's so good. Yeah. I, wow. I'm just like, yeah, my job. That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just Lane, I have to ask you the final question of the podcast. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? All right. So this is a really great question. And um, I have listened to your podcast, which I love. And so I knew this question was coming. Uh, so I had the opportunity to think about it. And honestly, there's so much, you know, I think that with age comes wisdom and you like life experience. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I've learned through the years, but I would say the one thing I would tell myself um, is that the friends that I, the relationships and the friendships that I have in my life are not all of them are for like a lifetime. Sometimes they're just friends for a season. Um, and I, the reason I think I would tell myself this is because of my personality. I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a very loyal person. Um, I'm very like, like if you know Enneagram, I'm a six. And so I'm like this loyal friend, you know? And, um, I think that I was naive, you know, as I was younger, just thinking that the people that I'm investing in and that I'm spending time and I'm pursuing, and I'm wanting to build these friendships with, um, we're going to, first of all, I thought they were going to do the same thing back. You know, they were going to be reciprocal. Um, and that's not always the case. And sometimes, um, I think something else that I've learned through the years is that great friendships, nothing necessarily bad has happened. Um, but sometimes just, it's a different season and we're just kind of go in different paths. And so that was really hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like, you know, it was my responsibility to maintain those relationships, you know? Yeah. Uh So, I just think that I would tell myself that not every relationship is forever, you know? So I think some, I think it's more, I think it's fewer than there are more, but uh, relationships that are for kind of, you know, long, longer time in life, but to be okay with the fact that not every relationship is going to be forever. So I think that's what I would tell myself. That is so good. Like, honestly, and that's something even like, I feel like I can definitely identify with and relate to like just certain friendships, not like just because a friendship ends doesn't mean it has to be tragic or bad. Right. Sometimes they kind of just fade away. I mean, yeah. I've seen that in my own life where um, I kind of reflect, I'm like, whoa, this person was like my BFF. And now yeah. we don't even like talk at all. Like what happened and nothing happened. It's just like the communication kind of stopped. And I guess the biggest thing you said just in was seasons. Like we were just in two different seasons and yeah. I couldn't reflect and like within even in college years, I can reflect within my college years um, that relationships didn't end 
horribly or bad, but I reflect, I'm like, oh, wow, we were just in a different season. I was in a different season than this person is. And that's okay. But I can relate also of like putting all like the pressure on yourself and thinking I have to make it work. Oh my God, what did I do wrong? Like it's all on me. And it's like, no, seasons change, people change, friends change. And I think that's so big is knowing that who you start off with isn't always going to be who's going to be at the end. Right. And like there are friendships that could be super fruitful and awesome, but maybe they're only there to serve for a season, right? A to, to teach you a lesson, um, right. to serve a purpose, right? And so I think that's something I've been digging in a lot within the last couple of years is, is seeing friendships and the beauty of that yeah. and not disregarding them. But seeing that, I feel like that would take a lot of pressure off my younger self had I known that as well and understood that. That's, I think that's the key right there is just kind of taking pressure off of, of an expectation, right. Of an expectation. Mm. Cause I don't know, you're, when you're a kid growing up, it's like, we're going to be best friends forever. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you sign the yearbooks and all this. And so, um, you know, life goes on. And so you're on different seasons, different paths. And sometimes that, sometimes that happens, you know, I have friends that I don't talk to every, you know, every day, sometimes it's once a year, but it's almost like we had just spoken, you know, two days ago, because that's the kind of friendship we have. And with others, it's not the same. So, you know, being okay with that, not feeling that pressure that it's up to me. Definitely. Definitely. Just Lane, thank you for today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for uh, talking about a topic that necessarily isn't so easy to talk about and for sharing your own stories of forgiveness, uh, for talking about, you know, and, and elaborating on how unforgiveness can affect us and the power of forgiveness and how that can lead us to freedom, to your golden nugget and just so much gold. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your day. I appreciate you so much for all that you do. And I'm just super thankful that we've been able to have this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much, Megs. I love you. I'm so thankful and honored to be on this podcast. And uh, it's been it's been a privilege. I've enjoyed it. And um, I don't know if it's, you know, um, if it's good to say now, but like I have just, you know, because I know this topic is not something you just listen to for like 30 minutes and then you're like, okay, I've gotten it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I encourage anyone who's listening and really wants to kind of dig deeper um, that there's so many great resources out there. And I just kind of want to mention two books. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, okay. of course, please. So, um, I highly, highly recommend uh, a book by John Bevere and it's called mm. The Bait of Satan. It's on forgiveness and just how how Satan uses this, this unforgiveness to like keep us like trapped, really captive, yeah. right? So I would recommend that book. And then another book by Lisa Turkers, which is Oof. called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Yes, so, I have that book. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I think it's important for us to, you know, have resources that can help us along the journey. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, like Justine just said, it is not a topic that you listen to for 30 minutes and you mastered. No, uh, mm-hmm. those resources, definitely check them out. It's not supposed to be this way by Lisa Tykerst and Satan's Bait by John Bevere. Uh, the bait of Satan. By oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Something like that. The yeah, same, thing, same, thing. same thing, same thing. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those resources. And again, yeah. thank you so much for today. And I will see you on Sunday. See you Sunday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.